0: Do you want to experience the thrill of a Packers game at Lambeau Field? If so, be sure to get your game tickets from the longtime trusted source in Wisconsin, Ticket King.
1: Visit their locations in Milwaukee and Green Bay or just go to their website, theticketking.com. Again, that's theticketking.com.
0: You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com. You're listening to No Huddle Radio on the Packers Talk Radio Network, your home for in-depth and thoughtful Packers analysis. I'm your host, J.J. Leahy. My co-host is my good friend, Gil Martin. In addition to this show, I host Cheese and Packers. and Gil is the host of Locked On NHL, and he writes for the Packers Post and Cheesehead TV. We're here to talk Packers because you're all here for one thing, and that's a love for Green Bay football. Uh, Gil, you and I have been having a spirited conversation for the last i don't know hour it feels like it's probably <laughs> an hour. uh talking about everything that we think is wrong with the team um i think overall uh, i feel more optimistic about the 2022 packers uh now than i did a week ago uh i'm less ready to like throw in the towel completely but it has been a frustrating few weeks i think even this week has been frustrating uh the uh, bills game I don't know if I think I think depending on your perspective, you could say that it went better than most expected or that it went worse than most expected. Uh, The general takeaway that I have seen is optimism about the way the Packers performed in that game. Um, I was a little bit disappointed that I felt like they allowed more points to the bills and scored fewer points against the bills than everybody else. The bills have been playing recently. Um, But the Packers did cover, which is important because I perfectly predicted the final score. Uh, 27, 17 the idiot was a whole point off. Come on, man. You got to do better than that. Uh, I know I'm off. I'm... Come on. 28 to 17. What a, what kind of clown <laughs> prediction is that? It was 27, 17. Okay. Get on my level. <laughs> <laughs> the Packers are three and a half point favorites against Detroit, which is kind of damning because of how incredibly terrible Detroit is this year. Uh, They also shipped off TJ Hawkinson this week, a weird um, intra-divisional trade. You don't see those super often, especially not in the NFC North. But the Vikings have been wheeling dealing with everybody in the division lately. They're on a chair. We'll have to see what they can do this postseason. I'll be interested to see how TJ Hawkinson fits in in Minnesota because I think he's a really good player. But the Vikings have not been utilizing their tight ends much this year or in previous years. So we'll have to see how they use them. But the Lions and the Packers are more similar than I would like to admit. Mm -hmm. It's going to be an interesting game preview we're going to go through here. Uh, But Gil, one of the biggest things I noticed with the Lions is their inability to keep their foot on the gas. To keep their foot on the throat of an opponent. They might get a lead. They might get close, and then it's it's kind of like the team gives up. And gosh, you could be saying that about the Green Bay Packers as well, couldn't you?
1: Yeah, it's uh, it, it's not a pretty sight in Detroit. One and six to start the season, uh, and their defense. You know, their offense is is pretty good. they they, they score points, but boy, their defense is historically
0: bad. The uh, the Lions defense is particularly vulnerable in the secondary. And I think. I think that despite all the success that the Packers saw a week ago, uh, running the ball against the Bills and the frustration that we have ever had with them getting away from the run game and getting super pass happy, I think maybe this is the week to go ahead and do that. Look, the, the the important thing. Yes, it's important to be balanced. Yes, it's important to uh, keep a defense honest, but I think riding the hot hand is also important. It's something that Matt Lafleur I wouldn't say is great at. You know, riding the hot hand. You know, if the run game is really working, uh, you know, r- really you know, pushing all his his chips in on that, I think that this this is a team that you really can throw against with ease. Uh, now, granted, they have been going up against some really elite wide receivers this year. I mean, just last week they played against Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill. That is a tall task to ask any defense to cover. Um, and the Packers wide receiver room is lacking, but I think that pass happy is actually a recipe that can work this week against the lions, because I don't think the lions can even slow down anyone through the air.
1: No, they, they, they're Bad against the run and the pass, which kind of sets things up nicely for the Packers. I mean, you you look at the statistics defensively. They are uh, 30th in the league in run rushing yards per game allowed. Opposing teams are gaining almost 155 yards a game against them. And they're 27th in the league in passing yards allowed per game, more than 266 yards per game. Overall, dead last in points per game, dead last in yards per game. And, you know, I'll put it to you this way. If Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay offense cannot move the ball against this team, they can't move the ball.
0: Yeah, this is easily the worst defense in football. Um, they, They are slightly better against the run than they are against the pass. And you saw against the Dolphins, uh they could pretty consistently get the dolphins into uh third down situations even third and long uh partly because the dolphins were um so insistent on running on those early downs and the lions were actually able to do enough partly thanks to their linebackers uh in run defense to prevent the dolphins from picking up a first down on first or second but then they were routinely giving up easy completions over the middle for a first down, uh basically all day long, but particularly on third down, that is going to be have to be an area where the Packers can execute. They have to pick up those uh third downs because this is a defense that is kind of uh begging you to uh to do that. <laughs> they practically <laughs> give that up. Uh like you said a little bit ago, if you can't move the ball uh, against this defense. If you can't pick up first downs on those third and longs, which they're gonna give you a few of those per game, uh, you're gonna be in trouble for the rest of the year. And, and so far the Packers have struggled to do just that.
1: Unfortunately. And I, I think I think this game will give us a little bit better of an idea why this offense has been struggling so much. And I think, you know, so far it's a combination of a lot of things but Matt LaFleur has to be able to make a solid game plan to gain yardage both through the through the air and on the ground against this Lions defense and Aaron Rodgers has to be able to make reads and 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 find the open receiver and just make plays because they're bad they're just Flat out bad. This is the worst statistical defense in the National Football League. And they don't get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. They don't create turnovers. They don't stop the run, and they don't stop the pass. I don't know what they do well. Uh, maybe getting in and out of the huddle or something. But.
0: <laughs> yeah. no. Well, the, the, the on defense, it feels like the Lions' struggles are a lack of talent. They just don't have good players. Uh, their secondary in particular is just a, a pure disaster. Um, I think that one thing they were really hoping from this year, although it's um, <clears throat> uh, their corner's name, the Ohio State kid. Um, shoot. Drafted Roger Chase Young. Come on, what's his name? Uh,
1: uh, uh, Okuda. Jeff what? Okuda. Okuda. Uh, just the fact you.
0: that Okuda has been playing better this year, I think that they were really hoping that they were going to get a boost from Efeto Melifonwu. Wu when they moved him to safety um, after being kind of a disappointing corner. I mean, he's a big body guy that they really thought was going to be able to go out and be a really physical corner. And then he just wasn't playing great and he was slow. And they thought, well, you know, he's like when you, when you man him up against uh, a big, big body guy, you know, this is where he really excels. Maybe you put him at safety, uh, let him keep his eye on the quarterback. It'll, it'll work better. He's been hurt when he has played. It hasn't been good uh and and i think it has hurt the overall uh secondary and they've also been missing guys in the secondary as well uh they had a lot of guys uh, missing time there and they've been forced to rely on some guys that i don't think that they really wanted to have out there you know got uh, a.j parker um uh uh, what's his name They, they have so many uh guys on on their defense with uh hard to say names Amani yes, they do. yes they all start to run together for me like i i know the difference between these guys but then when i try and think of a guy in my head i just picture like a jumble of letters and i i keep reaching for the wrong name with, there like, are a, a lot of letters. letters in some of these names yes Amani money or i think has more vowels in his name than consonants and it's a long name
1: <laughs> <laughs> are you counting the y as a vowel
0: uh in in this situation uh, i mean it's a, a yay sound, yay well it's
1: the yuh in yay though, so I don't it know.
0: It is. Uh you know, but uh I don't know, give me a little bit of slack. Uh trying to, yeah, trying no, to, no, trying no. to give uh, myself a little bit of, a little bit of an excuse for why I can't say his name.
1: <laughs> you're doing better Oroware. than I am, so go for it. Yeah. You know?
0: Try keeping Aruarie and Aquara separate. Keep yeah. those names, names separate. Uh one guy who has been playing quite well. I just gotta brag because this is a dude I liked a lot in the draft and talked about a lot, Kirby Joseph. Yes. He's been playing quite well. He actually, I think, was their highest graded defender uh last or uh, yeah, last week against the Dolphins, the uh Illinois safety. Uh, he's a, I think he was a first round rookie from this year. Uh, but he's been, been playing pretty well. He was targeted just once and he did give up a reception. Um but he also uh, did have a hurry uh, on the quarterback and they weren't throwing his way a lot, which uh, says a lot. And he he also had two run stops uh, and five tackles. The dude kind of was everywhere all at once and the defense and the, the uh, Miami offense was trying to avoid him, which for a rookie to come out and do that uh, pretty encouraging.
1: Yeah. Give him, give him props for what he was able to get done there and, and Aiden Hutchinson has shown flashes as a pass rusher. He has four and a half of the team's 11 sacks. But, you know, he's, you know, one guy. And they're going to double cover him because nobody else is really getting near the quarterback.
0: Well, they got a, a young, promising guy on all three levels. You got Malcolm Rodriguez at middle linebacker, Aiden Hutchinson, Kirby Joseph. All right. All three of these guys, I think, are, are probably the three best defensive players that they have. Um, and they're kind of surrounded by just a bucket of slop around them. You know, and and, <laughs> and and there are other guys in this roster who have some talent. You know, Derek Barnes is not a, a horrific linebacker. I think they are missing Levi Onuzurike. Um Halapalvati Vaitai, another hard name to set to, to pronounce on this defense, has been missing a bunch of time. Uh Tracy Walker is on IR. You know, they they they're they're missing some guys who are important. And then um, uh, Josh Pascal uh, kind of I'm not sure he's played all year. Um, I think this Miami game might have been his first game. I know he missed a bunch of games uh, in the beginning of the season. He did play against Miami, but didn't play particularly well. Uh, But he was, uh, you know, as a second rounder, this is a guy I liked in the draft. I think he was somebody they were really hoping was going to step up and be that dude opposite Aiden Hutchinson. And so far they just have been missing him. Uh, There have been uh, encouraging signs from the defense. Uh, You know, they've, they've been playing some really good offenses. They've been playing better these last few games that they have played. I think that, the lions defense is looking at this Packers game as, as a, a chance to get right to get right game for them in their eyes. And, and I think that that is, you know, pretty fair. This is the, this is the week they're hoping they're going to turn things around. And um, honestly, they have nowhere to go, but up because they pretty much allow, uh you know, a, a score on, on just about every drive and they, and they're not getting the ball back either. They can't get off the field. Uh, it, they're allowing these really long drawn out drives. They get tired all game long, but they still are managing to get the offense into those third, uh, those third down situations, which just and makes the drive travel. even longer and longer. Right. Yeah. So like against the, the dolphins last week, I think the lions offense only had three possessions in the second half and then they didn't score on any of those three. So despite the fact that you put up like 27 points in the first half, Second half, they didn't do anything, and the defense just put them further and further behind, and it was just a disaster. It's kind of what they have seen really throughout the uh, course of the Dan Campbell era in Detroit so far. You know, very uh, likable guy, but his dudes are just not um, they're not playing all four quarters and they can't close out games. They can't keep their foot on uh, on the gas. And, you know, they're they're not winning any of these uh, close games that come down to the wire at the end. I think the only game you maybe could point to in the Dan Campbell era where they were able to close it out was that game against Minnesota last year, the when they finally picked up their first win. Yeah. Uh, You know, the rest of the time, like whenever they do get a win, it has um, had to be a time where they put up a, a big lead early and then managed to just prevent it from bleeding all the way out before the game expired, uh, which is, which is uh, um, it's a stressful way to live. It <laughs> is. I, I should know as a Packer fan.
1: Yeah, this year we certainly can relate. And look, the, the, the best defensive effort this year that the Lions have had is holding the Dallas Cowboys to 24 points, and they lost that game 24-6. So their defense hasn't stopped anybody. And, you know, that that is a recipe for losing, and that's what they're doing. Six out of seven on the losing side. But on the offensive side of the ball, they are capable of putting up points and moving the football.
0: You know what? And and like you say, you know, the Lions can't stop any opposing offense. So we are yet again faced with a situation that we find ourselves in most weeks where we are saying, you know what? The only way that the Packers can be stopped is if they stop themselves. And I don't know that I have a ton of confidence that they won't do that. It's, (laughs) It's baffling to me how many times an opposing defense is presenting a ton of opportunities for the Packers and then they just can't capitalize on it. And, and, you know, Oh, Hey, Hey, we're right on the goal line and the, and the defense isn't even um, uh, really preventing us from getting into the end zone, but we're going to fumble the ball here um, on our own. Like just, just frustrating, frustrating.
1: Yeah. It's very frustrating. And unfortunately we've been consistent, uh, but that's consistently bad in this area. So something's got to give this team. You know, Aaron Rodgers was quoted this week as saying, hey, if we just win one, we could start getting on a roll and and, and doing things better. Win the one first. Uh, but I just haven't seen enough consistency from this offense that tells me that they're ready to turn it around. I, I hope they prove me wrong. But, you know, think about this. Everyone was so Pleased with the Packers' ability to run the football against the Bills, the number one rush defense coming into last week, they still only scored 17 points.
0: Detroit runs a crazy amount of 11 personnel. They are pretty successful off of play action. I don't think their run game is particularly fruitful. Uh, They are hoping to work DeAndre Swift more into their offense this week and and hopefully uh, boost their run production. We'll have to see if he can go because he is hurt right now Mm -hmm. and they have been missing him all year. But one thing that they do extraordinarily well is protect Jared Goff. This uh, offensive line for the Lions is quite good. Uh, The uh, Dolphins struggled uh, in particular to get pressure on him when they would go into uh, max protect uh, the, the, the lions uh, were running some six and seven man protection looks with these uh, deep routes. And it was working and the dolphins could not get any pressure home on Goff, which, you know, for all of his faults, one thing he can do is stand in the pocket and deliver the ball to wide open guys. And there are uh, good receiving options for Detroit, the 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 Lions are going to be stopped or slowed down, if at all, by a good secondary. Do the Packers have a good secondary uh, on paper? Sure. Do. Yeah, they should. <laughs> <laughs> well, let we'll us see um, if they can uh, build off of some encouraging success from last week. Um, the, the thing that disappointed me the most uh, about the defensive effort this past week was the regression um, of the safeties. You know, they had one really great game. The safeties did against Washington where all of a sudden we're going, all right, you know what? Maybe I maybe I was too harsh when I was trying to blame new safeties coach Ryan Downard for the absolute disaster that our safeties have been. And maybe we don't need to uh, trade Darnell Savage just to get his um his uh, guaranteed fifth year option off our books for next year, you know, trade him for a seventh round pick, whatever. Uh, but they turned in another stinker performance uh, against the bills. Adrian Amos was one of the worst graded players on the team. Um, he, he played quite, quite poorly. Um, the biggest area where he struggled was in tackling. And this is something we're just seeing week after freaking week with the Packers defense. I, I think that uh, wasn't it. Uh, after the Vikings game this year, week one, when I started whining about the tackling not looking good, I'm yeah. pretty sure it was. Yeah. And it's kind of, other than the uh, Tampa game where we tackled quite well, I feel like it's just gone from bad to worse in the tackling department. The weird thing is when you look at the tackling grades across the team, nobody is in the middle except for Rasul Douglas, who has a 52 grade, which is bad, uh, but everybody else is either like up in the 70s or in the 20s. I kid you not. So we got Darnell, 27. Adrian, 29. Stokes, 23. Jair, 29. Rashawn, 25. Preston, 37. Devondre, 33. All right. Anybody who I didn't just list there who's not named Rasul, so that's another like uh, 10-ish guys, they're all in like the high 70s. It's so bizarre. You got, you got the great tacklers and the crap tacklers. And I don't understand why that is. I would expect like some sixties sprinkled in there somewhere, but there's none.
1: There's no middle ground. And I'll tell you, it's, it's kind of surprising. Some of these guys, uh, you just didn't expect that they would struggle. I mean, you go back to the second half of 2020 Darnell Savage was playing lights out and making plays at and near the line of scrimmage and, and, and,
0: so covering, well, so was Amos. Yep. So
1: was Amos. Right now, Darnell Savage couldn't tackle me. I, I mean, he just—he <laughs> is just. I mean, the lack of effort on that scramble by Josh Allen, where he kind of waved an elbow in the general direction of the six-foot-five, two hundred and fifty-pound quarterback of the Bills as he passed, was embarrassing, and. It's got to get better. I I don't know what happened to him. Uh, I I think that the Joe Barry scheme is not ideal for his talents and doesn't utilize him well. But sometimes it's just effort. Sometimes it's just you got to care. And I didn't see that on that particular play, not to single him out as being the only problem, far from it. But, boy, has he fallen off in the last two years. Boy, has he fallen
0: off. We had uh, so work ordinance Thursday and uh, Joe Barry we talked to the media and he um, answered some questions about moving uh, moving Darnell around so I got two different uh, quotes here one by Matt Schneidman one by Tom Silverstein I didn't watch the uh, interview but Tom says Joe Barry said that Darnell Savage would be an unbelievable slot corner but he said the issue is filling his safety spot if he moves there to which i say gosh it's almost like you need more than two freaking safeties on (laughs) your roster like we said all off season uh but what do i know so uh silverstein goes on he said uh they asked why rasul douglas couldn't handle playing safety he said they consider him a cornerback and that's where he's played for them which is like the biggest cop-out answer i've ever heard we consider him a cornerback and that's where he has played for us. Here's my question. Actually, I'm going to go ahead and read Matt Schneidman's quote too, and then I'll go ahead. for a second. Matt Schneidman, Joe Barry says, I think Darnell Savage would have be been unbelievable nickel. If Savage played nickel, he'd need another safety. They have not thought about putting Rasul Douglas at safety, but he practiced at safety a bit during camp. And I, here's my question, Joe, do you think that uh rasul douglas is a good slot corner because i think he's a freaking terrible slot corner i i mean i i i hate i hesitate to say it can't get worse if we swap these two guys positions i hesitate to say it because because every time i've said well it can't get any worse than it is about a bunch of stuff like you know the special teams (laughs) um I've been wrong every time I say had say the yes
1: word, huh? <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, but if if your opinion is that Darnell Savage could be an unbelievable slot corner, dude, your current slot corner stinks, and your safety stinks. So if you think that we can swap these two guys and still have a stinky safety, but have a quote unquote unbelievable slot corner. First of all, why even bring it up if you're unwilling to do it? But whatever. Um, (laughs) Why not give it a freaking try? And and like, hey, why not play Rudy Ford at safety? We got other guys who can contribute. Keyshawn Nixon, uh, Micah Micah Abernathy, guys who can contribute um, in the roles you're currently trying to use Rudy Ford in. But put him out there at safety. I think he's an upgrade from Darnell Savage as a safety, even if you really think I mean, if if Joe Barry thinks that Rasul is is useless, which I don't really agree. I think that he has talents that you can use places other than freaking slot corner. Right. He's not a slot. That's no, he's not. Which we said all offseason.
1: Correct. The, the, The problem is that this defense. There are two choices as to why this defense is disappointing. Either the team overestimated the talent level, which I think is slightly true, or this scheme and the way they've set things up is not maximizing the available talent they have on this roster, which I think is a bigger reason for the struggles of this defense so far this season. And
0: well, I'll, I'll add, I'll add in one other possibility. And that is that they are not coaching up disciplined players who are executing your scheme the right way.
1: Okay. That's fair. But it still and, needs and, to be fixed. And, and,
0: no, for, for sure. I mean, I, I'm nowhere in here am I defending the coaching because um, if, if you're saying, hey, my scheme works, but guys aren't executing, okay, then either run a different scheme that your guys are willing to execute or able motivate execute. your guys to execute. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's been so frustrating to watch. And And remember, seven first-round draft picks on this team, six of them starters, and you still, you know, struggling the way they're struggling. It's very, very frustrating to watch. Very, but, very
0: frustrating. It, it is. But we are talking today about how you beat the Lions because yes, yes. because neither, neither you nor I view this uh, this Packers team as a playoff caliber team right now. So why are we why are we talking about you know why they're not meeting expectations? That's that that ship is is not currently at our dock. Uh, getting ready to sail off to the playoffs. Uh, We're talking about how how you beat the Lions because we've dropped four in a row. It's time to at least put one over in the win column in five weeks. What is the key to stopping this Lions offense? Because that is the side of the ball you have to be concerned about.
1: Two things, I think. Number one is you got to slow down Amon Ross St. Brown. He is the guy who gets them those key, you know, it's third and eight, he's going to pick you up nine or 10. He's he's the guy that Jared Goff is going to look for, especially with Hawkinson now gone. He is the one that they're going to focus on and try to to pick up the key first downs. And then secondly, make it second and third and long for these guys. If it's Swift, if it's Jamal Williams, who I always root for except when he's playing the Packers, don't let them run the football consistently because they are capable of doing it. And the, the Green Bay defense has got to find a way to slow down this Detroit running game. Look, they are fourth in yards per game, top 10 in both rushing and passing yards per game, ninth in points scored per game. They can put the points on the board. And I think Green Bay needs to A, win the time of possession battle and B, slow down the running game enough to make it second and third and long and then take away Amon Ross St. Brown.
0: The Lions are not really generating turnovers. That's an area where, um, you know, obviously the Packers have not been great at that either. But um, this this should be a spot where you can – uh, win a battle against the lions is if you can win that turnover battle, give yourself extra, extra possessions, give them empty possessions. Uh, that's going to go a long way. The lions are extraordinarily banged up right now. Their injury report is so long. I have to scroll down twice. I can't just click my scroll wheel once. Like I usually right. do on a long page. Uh, let's talk about the Packers first. Um, Cause they have a bunch of DNPs uh, and it is important guys. So we'll, we'll talk about that. David Bakhtiari has not practiced at all this week. That's uh, very concerning. Yes. Vondra Campbell. Um, I would say don't expect him to play. Uh, and they've talked about Quay Walker wearing the headset, uh, this week or the, 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 uh, mic, uh the radio, right. uh, this week. And, um, I think that that's probably the plan you got to go with because he also has not practiced this week. Shamar Jean Charles not playing either. He's got an ankle injury. Um, I I should mention Devonder Campbell obviously is that knee that uh, that we know he banged up. So Shamar Jean Charles ankle injury. Those three guys have not practiced all week. Elton Jenkins did not practice on Wednesday. He's got a uh, an ankle injury. Uh, is what they said it was on Wednesday, and they said it was not related to any issues with his knee. But then on Thursday, he was upgraded to limited. But then they added knee uh, as well as ankle plus a knee. They said he got stepped on. I yeah. am at least a little bit suspicious about his knee, but we'll see. Uh, I think he had a, he had another uh, not great week, but a little bit a little bit uh, improved over the last few weeks. Al Nazard. I think is trending toward playing this week. He's been limited all week uh, with that shoulder injury. Of course he missed last week. My reading of the tea leaves. I think he's trending toward playing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has been limited all week with uh, of course his thumb injury. Not really worried about him playing or not playing this week. Uh, Obviously we will be out there. Preston Smith limited. He's got a shoulder and neck injury. And then the other big news out there was that Christian Watson did return to practice on Thursday. He was limited. He was present at practice on Wednesday, but did not participate. Uh, I think he was just hanging out with the guys, but Thursday he was upgraded to limited, which is good. Um, I am nervous about playing him because he's dealing with a concussion. Um, yeah. And I don't really trust the NFL's concussion protocols like at all. Um, so I, I kind of would prefer he doesn't play and we don't risk uh, further aggravating that brain bruise. Uh, let's keep him healthy. Um, you know, so he has a good quality of life, but, uh, looks like he's trending toward possibly playing. And I, I just, I kind of hope he doesn't because I care about him as a person and I don't want him. Uh, don't you know, want to rush
1: him. Don't want to rush him. No question about that.
0: All right, let's go through, uh, the lions and I'm, I'm just going to list all the guys who are DNP. So you got, Cornerback Chase Lucas, not super important, except that their whole secondary stinks. So, you know, just being down a guy is a problem. Uh, if I I mentioned they moved him to safety this year, and he's kind of been a disaster. Also not practicing at all. Tackle Matt Nelson has a, a calf injury, is not practicing. Cornerback A.J. Parker, who's kind of been a dude for them this year. Um, one of their more productive DBs, which is sad because he's not particularly good um, not practicing at all uh, Josh Reynolds uh, wide receiver downgraded on Thursday to DNP he was limited on Wednesday so he's trending the wrong way he's the dude who they have been relying on more and more uh, increasingly over the last few weeks and I think that without Hawkinson anymore I think if they're missing Josh Reynolds as well, that could make them even more limited in the passing game. Yeah. Uh, but I also don't particularly feel like the Josh Reynolds usage has been super effective. Um, and I mean, I don't know that it's a good offense and they run well. And I think they also make stupid decisions. You know, you look at like when the lions, uh, you know, so they had three offensive possessions in the second half, I believe. And, um, uh, I think they went three and out the first two times. And then the third time they had the ball, they actually got a drive going. And then they got into a like a fourth and two or something. And the and the, the Dolphins defense kind of baited them. And Goff hurled it up in the air and and took a massive deep shot to Josh Reynolds when all they needed was two yards. I didn't think that was particularly good. Um and, and it seems to me like that's kind of how they try and use him. Uh, more often than not, and I just I I, I don't know. This might be this might be an a, a addition by subtraction, not because Josh Reynolds is bad, but because of the way they tend to use him. I I think maybe is not always smart for their offense, but yeah, it doesn't maximize the available talent. Exactly. Exactly. Well said. Uh, Penny Sewell has missed practice all week, but it says, uh, he's missing time for a personal reason. I don't know what that personal reason is. He's not injured though. So I would expect him probably to play. Hopefully whatever it is resolves
1: itself and he's okay. I mean,
0: I hope that, uh, whatever it is resolves itself, but it takes one day longer (laughs) than expected. (laughs) And he's unavailable on Sunday. And then he comes in Monday and he's like, Hey guys, man, All's well. Hey, how did that? Ooh, you lost. Oh, bummer. <laughs> uh, DeAndre Swift. He's got an ankle and a shoulder injury. I feel like he's trending toward not playing. Um, but he he was upgraded from didn't practice to limited, so it's a little bit of a contradiction to my gut feeling. But I just, I, I I think that although he's getting better in the long term, he does not seem to me like a guy who's going to be ready to go on Sunday. But we'll see. We'll see. Hey, and then tight end Brock Wright is the other guy. Uh, he's in co- concussion protocol, and obviously that's big because they just lost TJ Hawkinson. So there's a bunch of other guys who I didn't even list on here because it's such a long injury report, but I, I skipped the guys who are on the injury report but are practicing either um, you know, full participant or limited participant. I just read off all the DNPs, and it took like eight minutes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's crazy. It, it, it is crazy, but hey, we're in the middle of the season and uh, injuries start to take their toll. As we all know, in the game of football, Lions need all the help they can get. Hopefully they don't get it this week.
0: All right, uh, Gil, you told me that you want to change up how we're doing our, our uh, score predictions this week the way that you want to change that up is you want me to go first because you're suspecting based on how well I'm doing that. I'm getting some sort of competitive edge by hearing your score predictions first and then making mine slightly smarter. So (laughs) uh, let's see, looking at uh, our standings right now. So the, uh, the over under last week was set at 48. The final score was 27, 17 Which is, uh, let's see, 44 points. Which is under. Which is under. And you took the under. I took the under as well. We both get a point for that. But I picked the Packers to cover, you did not. So I get an extra point. So I move to 10, and you're at 9 on the season. I'm going to give you my score prediction now. So the uh, over-under is set at 49, and the Packers are 3.5-point favorites. I'm picking the Lions to cover, but the Packers to win it. I don't feel good about this game or this score prediction, but I'm going 24-21, and I will just say I would not be at all surprised if it takes overtime to get to 24 points for the Packers. So 24-21, I think it's going to come down to the wire, and I wouldn't be surprised if they go to overtime. What's your score prediction?
1: Packers 27, Lions 23.
0: All right, so uh, pretty close. You're copying off me again, like you always do. We'll see <laughs> who wins. You're picking the Packers to cover this week because you're giving them a four-point edge and they're three and a half point favorites. So we'll see how that works. Um, look, listen, may the uh, may the handsomer man win this week, as as happened last week.
1: Look, I'm going to get you this week. But more important than our contest, the Packers need to break this losing streak. Because it's uh, it, it's past time. This team is too good to be this bad.
0: We're at thirty eight minutes right now. Uh, we typically like to go to around forty five, so we got a few extra minutes. Gil, let's let's discuss the trade deadline a bit and kind of kind of kind of rehash a little bit about what you and I were talking about before we started recording. Because I thought that it was an interesting discussion and and the the topic here. I think is you, you felt that not making any move, which is what they did do was better than either trading guys away or trading for someone. Well, no,
1: no, no, no. I I wouldn't have minded them trading guys away. I just knew it was not going to happen under any circumstance. Like to me, that was just not a possibility. Uh, I thought it would have been wiser, but I, I just, Could not see Goody doing that.
0: Yeah, I I was really surprised that they didn't make any move. I would have preferred them to sell, but I think if they were unwilling to sell, the only reason you're unwilling to sell is because you still think that you can compete for a Super Bowl this season. And the fact that Goody's was willing to give up a prized second round pick for Chase Claypool which, which was not really a move that I would have been super in favor of. But mm-hmm. the fact that he felt that there was that dire of a need that he was willing to give up a second-round pick for Chase says to me that he looks at this roster and says, yeah, there is a big enough hole that it is worth giving up that kind of capital to fix it. And yet, when it didn't work out, he was content to just stand pat and do nothing. And and that to me is frustrating because I feel like they are kind of trying to walk two paths at once uh, that look, we, we are not willing to give up on the season, but we're also not willing to overpay um, by even a, a hair to give ourselves a better shot this season. And, and in past years, when the team has been better, I have always supported that line of thinking that like, yeah, why would you overpay for talent? Because you don't really need that talent. I think that you are good enough that you can still achieve your goal this season, which is compete for a Super Bowl. this year. It's like, we're going all in with the salary cap. We're going all in and uh, continuing to hurt the future. But we also don't think that our, team is good enough to win a Super Bowl and so rather than giving up on the season and selling off some pieces like I, I think you get a I think you could get a first round pick out of Aaron Jones right now a guy whose contract is such that it makes it highly unlikely he can be back next year so if the guy is not going to be here next year and you don't think that you're going to be actually competing for a Super Bowl this year and he and you could get a, a first round pick for him, I think. I think you could. the The uh, Panthers just got a first round pick e- equivalent for uh, trading away Christian McCaffrey. I think that Aaron Jones is in the exact same conversation as Christian McCaffrey. You know, uh, even if you and he's healthier, old- what's that?
1: And he's healthier than Christian McCaffrey has been.
0: He is, and he has seen a lot less wear and tear, which contributes to the healthier. Right. I think you get a first round pick out of Aaron Jones. A guy who, again, I don't think is going to be here next year. I think that Jones and a few other guys should have been shipped off this year to clear out future cap space, um, add more ammunition for restocking the roster for next season. And like you look at the 49ers, not necessarily a team we want to emulate, but like they it feels like every year or two years they go through like a little mini rebuild. Like, Hey, we're gonna have a terrible season and go, you know, four and 13, but then the next year we're only going to lose two games. And, and they do this kind of like one season reload every few years. Now I'm not saying that is the best way to do it, but if you look at this season, you're like, look, it's kind of a lost season at this point. Anyways, why not just go ahead and commit to the tank for one year get a really good draft pick like I mean come on like a handful of years ago the 49ers after being really good one year were so bad the next year <clears throat> that they were able to draft Nick Bosa and right. then the very next year they went to the Super Bowl like like they do this routinely just take one year off and be bad when you already know you are bad just go ahead be bad for the rest of the year and come back next year firing on all cylinders. To me, this kind of half-hearted, like, uh, you know, lukewarm purgatory approach is just kind of baffling. Like, do, like, pick a direction. Have a plan. I don't think that the Packers right now have a plan other than, gosh, we hope our guys start playing better.
1: Yeah, that's the plan. And And then if we get into the playoffs, we have enough talent on this team that if we get hot at the right time, dot, dot, dot. Guess what? They haven't shown the ability to do that right now and uh i would love to see the lights go on but it's asking an awful lot and i i agree with you trading away some players would have made more sense but i just knew it was not an option because of the way that this team and this front office thinks and i think well, i the,
0: the one reason i thought they might was because of 2018 you know they traded away uh ha ha clinton Dicks at yes, this time
1: but but they they were also in a much worse situation than, and right now I think they would be afraid of the reaction of a certain quarterback. If they were to start trading, if they traded away Aaron Jones, what would you think AR 12's reaction would be?
0: I actually think that he would be pretty reasonable because, because of the comments he's made this week. Like he was asked about the fact that the Vikings and Eagles traded for players and the Packers didn't. And, His response was like really measured and well thought out. And he's like, look, with all due respect to Minnesota and Philadelphia right now, we're just kind of trying to get into the playoff mix at all. We're chasing other teams. We're not really chasing them right now. Um, He's like, "I'm, I'm less worried about bringing somebody else in than I am about the guys who are in our locker room right now. I think that he would be in support. And if you're telling him, look, Aaron like you know the deal you know what's going on you see our record you see how badly we're getting beaten by garbage teams every week like listen let's let's run this back again next year and we're going to ship off some guys here you know we'll go we'll, Aaron Jones can go chase the super bowl happy for him uh hope he wins the super bowl <clears throat> and we're going to get a first round pick and you know what we're going to do with that first round pick Aaron we're going to get you Jackson Smith and Jigba or Marvin Harrison, Jr. Or somebody, we're going to get you a a wide receiver. I think he'd be all over that. And and I think right now, well, hang on right now, you and I are looking at this situation and saying it feels more likely than not, you know, like I, like I said, I'm about 60, 40 that I think we think Aaron Rodgers retires this year.
1: Yep. That's what my, if was, if he comes back.
0: But do you, do you kind of, do you, do you buy what I'm selling that, he might be down for another year next year. If this is the plan you're pitching him and you're saying, listen, we're going to heal the salary cap as best we can right now before the trade deadline. So that next year we actually have the resources to do something about improving this team and assembling a better roster around you. Look, we thought it was a good roster this year. Clearly it's not quite good enough. And there's, and there's coaching issues and stuff. And we want to involve you in that conversation about how do we, uh, you know, Im- improve uh, the locker room and the scheme and the utilization and all that. I think you involve him in that. I, I think, I think that he would stick around for next year as well. I, I really do. And-, well, and-, and either way, listen, if he doesn't, if he doesn't, if then he's trading retiring anyways, out
1: going to make some more sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah. If he's not sticking around anyways, then why do we care if we piss him off? Right. So, so that's where I'm at. I mean, like, like, in that situation, the very worst thing that could happen is when he retires, which we, which you think he was going to do anyways, he says that the reason is because you stink. So, I mean, <laughs> it's just what the fans are going to think anyway. So, right. It, it's, it's lose, lose, do what is best for the team. And I think what is best for the team would be to, uh, you know, to, to, to tank the season, try and get a better draft pick, uh, try and get draft capital by trading off some of these assets who, you can't bring back the next couple of years anyways. You know, I, I I, just, I think that was the best course of action. We'll have to see. Look, Brian Gutekunst is, is paid a lot because he is very good at his job and he does not agree with me that this is the best thing to do. So we'll have to wait and see how it does pan out. And if the team does get hot, like they did in 2016, we'll see Aaron Rodgers seems to think that they can. I, I still think that the best thing for, the team would have been to be big time sellers at this trade deadline. I the agree. second best thing, second best thing if you weren't going to do that is be more aggressive about adding pieces. Since you think that you are competing for a Super Bowl this year, make the team better at the t- at the trade deadline. That's that's the second best option. Well,
1: they didn't do those things. So, here we are and uh they got to play the cards they've been dealt. Hopefully this team starts cards winning this themselves. week. What was that?
0: Uh, they got to play the cards that they dealt to themselves.
1: That's correct. The cards <laughs> they've got, they're they're yep. they're standing pat, and uh, we'll see if it's enough. I don't think it is, but we'll find out. Yeah,
0: and 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 the one the one thing that you have to give them credit for is is the biggest improvement that could come to this team is not bringing somebody in from the outside. It's the guys you already have playing up to their their ability and actually uh, putting out a a good product on the field, which they have not been doing no. So, but they have, they have a chance to start doing that this week against the lions. So uh, we are both picking the Packers to win this week. It's a a change from last week. I probably should have trusted my gut the, the couple of weeks leading up to the Buffalo game where I was tempted to pick the Packers to lose. Uh, My gut is again saying like, dude, do not have this much confidence in the Packers to pull this off, but then I look at the at the Lions and how bad they are, and I'm like, ah, I think anybody has a shot against this team.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out.
0: All right, that's going to do it for us today. We'll be right back here next week. Follow us on Twitter, at Gil Packers and at JJ Leahy, to stay up to date on all things Packers or ask us questions, or you can email us at AskNoHuddle at gmail.com. Make sure you're subscribed to Packers Talk on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Big thanks to PackersTalk.com for powering our show, and thank you for listening. Until next time, go Pack Go!
1: Go Pack Go! You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com